So, guys, I'm a little confused. Why are we at this campfire? Well, we didn't hike all this way for no reason. Well, I don't disagree, but, I mean, why did we hike here in the first place? Well, didn't you spend the summer at a camp? Um, no, I spent the summer in Washington, D.C. Were you at a camp? Yeah. Where were you all at camps? Yeah. Oh, well, where were you all? I was at Jeff Creek Camp in Oregon. I was at Camp Eberhart in Three Rivers, Michigan. I was at Camp Deer Park in New York. I was at Amigo in Sturgis, Michigan. Well, maybe we should sing some camp songs. Yeah. We're going to do a couple of traditional camp songs. And for this, I want to invite as many people to come join our campfire as possible here in the front. And so that we can have as much energy as possible. Now don't be scared to come join, they're not going to hurt you. I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river in my soul, not my shoe. I've got love like an ocean, I've got love like an ocean, I've got love like an ocean in my soul. Please stand up. I've got love like an ocean, I've got love like an ocean, I've got love like an ocean in my soul. I've got joy like a fountain, I've got joy like a fountain, I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. I've got joy like a fountain, I've got joy like a fountain, I've got joy like a fountain in my soul.
fields are as wide in the world And we are the laborers in your fields Preparing the word of the Lord Behold he comes Riding on the cloud Shining like the sun At the trumpet call So lift your voice It's the year of Jubilee God like Jehovah, there's no 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 God like Jehovah. My name is Nathan Berkey. I'm a, currently a sophomore music education and uh, music education major and theater minor. And this last summer, I was in the camping inquiry program through the college, working at Amigo Center in Sturgis, Michigan. Amigo is about 45 minutes northeast of Goshen, where they own and maintain about 160 acres of natural environment land next to Piran Lake. For the 11 weeks I was at Amigo, I served most of my time as a camp counselor and the worship coordinator. My tasks uh, during a normal week included, but were not limited to, being in charge of a cabin of boys ranging from late Ellen Buntry School to early high school, uh, leading various camp activities, teaching about how Amigo approaches being in harmony with God and nature, their motto, being a role model to the campers, answering any questions, to the best of my ability the campers have, and planning and maintaining the two worship services each time a day. While most of these tasks are large and somewhat daunting tasks, the experience and enjoyment that I got from working with the campers far outweighed the busy, hectic schedule. One of the most crucial parts of the summer for me was being able to tie in my academic studies and future vocational track with the current situation that I was in, the camp setting. I had the chance to experiment and see and practice the things that we would talk about in our classes. One example is, uh, is how we started today with the uh, bucket drumming. Bucket drumming was something that we talked about in our elementary music methods class and as a way to engage students while still talking about musical concepts. One of the weeks during the summer, I spent nearly two hours every day doing drum circles with campers who signed up to do so. And time flew by like nothing else. It was a great example of taking a concept from my studies and applying it to a real world context. Another great aspect was being exposed to many new, different, and unique things. One of them was the people that I met and became friends with. Another was the different camp songs that just kind of get stuck in your head. And speaking of which, uh, one of my favorite camps, one of my favorite songs is one that I learned at camp. 
It's entitled, You Are Holy. So if you would please join us again to do to, to this song. The beginning part of this song is a leader and uh, group response, so I will say it first and then uh, you'll echo. And the second part of the song will split into upper and lower parts, and you'll see that here in a second. Hello, my name is Madeline Smith Kaufman, and I'm a sophomore social work major, theater minor here at Goshen College. Um, this summer, I participated in Ministry Inquiry Program at Hyattsville Mennonite, which is located in Hyattsville, Maryland, just two miles outside of DC. Um, as you all may expect, my story from my summer is going to be a little different than the rest of their stories because I did live in Washington, DC. Um, as someone who grew up in rural Ohio, adjusting to city life was a bit of a process this summer. And nothing evidenced that process more than an incident which occurred just two weeks into my time in DC. At church at Hydesville, we were working on a series called It's Not the Bible But. This series entailed a three-week period where we had no sermons. Instead, folks from the congreg congregation had the chance to share short messages about something other than the Bible that supplements their spiritual life. Cindy, the pastor I worked with, invited me to share in this series in the second week. 
I was really nervous because this would be the first time I had spoken in front of this new congregation I was part of. I put a lot of thought into what I might want to talk about, and it took me several drafts to write it. I decided one Friday afternoon to work on my piece for this series at a little coffee shop in Hyattsville that I'd heard about. I drove there and quickly found a parking spot on a curb around the corner from the coffee shop. I even felt like I parallel parked somewhat successfully. I spent a couple hours drinking coffee and productively working on my piece for church. When I went back to my car, I was confronted by a rude, rude awakening. There was a bright white and red piece of paper underneath my windshield. I grabbed it. There was another one underneath. And I grabbed that one, and there was another one underneath that. I got three parking tickets that day. In one go, I managed to violate three parking rules. Needless to say, I was not happy. On the other hand, speaking in church that week went incredibly well. I was able to open up about a Christian author whose ideas, research, and books had showed up in my life at a time when I needed them and have continued to be a part of my spiritual life today. I learned right from the start of my time with High School Mennonite that when I was willing to be appropriately vulnerable from behind the pulpit, good things happened. I would meet new people at church, hear their stories, and hear words of affirmation for myself and my own stories. Unfortunately, the parking tickets didn't just go away and there were some tears shed. But I did learn the parking rules, and the tickets also allowed me to find common ground with others. When I told people, we were able to laugh together about it. One woman suggested that I go to court to contest dressed as an Amish woman. <laughs> the couple that I lived with even offered to go to court with me if I wanted. It can be hard to tell stories about my summer because there's often pressure to pick the perfect story, the right story, when I just want to tell my story about my life this summer. The truth is, this summer wasn't always easy. Sometimes the lessons I learned, the lessons that I'm asked to share, came with pain or struggle or frustration. The parking tickets are just one small example of that. The struggles or the pain are the harder, the struggles or the pain are the harder parts to share, although they are honest. However, throughout the summer, I found that where there were bad days, there were good days too. And the good days came with laughter, meaningful experiences at church, memories, and relationship building. Yeah, so this is a song that we sang after I delivered a sermon at church. So please join us. It's in um, Sing the Journey, number 109. Pardon me as I was unprepared. Somewhere 
child. I'm a third year film major, and I was at Camp Deer Park this summer, which is about an hour out from New York City. So the camp is coming up on its 50th anniversary, and for the past few years, people have been working to compile a book of just stories from campers, staff, just anyone who was around. And so this summer, I was primarily doing layout. So I wasn't really around the campers all that much, mainly just like the summer staff, which meant I just compiled everything and put it into a book format. And for me, the summer was also about family history, because my grandfather was one of the people who founded the camp, and I was only ever vaguely aware of that. So <laughs> I'm just going to read one of the stories from the book. And this story probably took place in the 2000s, like early 2000s-ish. And I'm going to start by reading the preface of the book. Camp Deer Park exists to extend the ministry of Jesus Christ. As an outreach of 17 New York City Mennonite churches, Camp Deer Park stands alone as a camping ministry owned by and dedicated to serving inner city Mennonites. The camp offers people of all ages, races, and backgrounds the opportunity to enjoy Christian camping at a reasonable price. Uh, distinctive to camp's program are its cross-cultural ministry, both in terms of ethnic culture and rural-urban rural, culture, opportunities for hands-on leadership and ministry experience for inner-city youth, and affordable and welcoming retreat facilities. Camp Deer Park seeks to promote fellowship and community building and to embody hospitality, stewardship, and respect for creation. And this story is called A Special Creation of God, and it was an interview with Pastor Hyacinth Stevens. James was a nine-year-old foster child from Brooklyn. He came to Camp Deer Park with his little brother, although they were not in the same foster family. Someone had instructed James to watch out for his brother while they were at camp. James took that charge very seriously and became overly protective. In the process, he was involved in many conflicts that the counselors had to defuse. Although James was a spirited camper who often required much attention, he soon became a favorite among the staff because of his soft and loving heart. He was always the first to volunteer a song in chapel or a campfire. He was also the first to share what he had learned in Bible class and to confess how he had fallen short that day. He wanted to learn how to be loving and nonviolent, but in the process of protecting his brother, he couldn't seem to stop what he had known for the nine short years of his life. James was very excited to have his birthday at Camp Deer Park. There was a birthday celebration earlier in the week, and after observing how the camp staff honored the other child, he was even more excited. He confessed to the staff that he had never really had a birthday party. Every day up to his birthday, he would ask the staff if they still remembered and if they were still planning to have a party for him. Hyacinth, he said, tell me something more about the birthday party. Although James had been labeled as a bad kid, he was loved and accepted at Camp Deer Park as a very special creation of God. With about two days left in the camp session, James approached his counselor with his desire to change his life. The Camp Deer Park position on child evangelism is that we invite children at all ages to say yes to Jesus. We acknowledge that they will probably need to continue to say yes as they grow and mature in their personal and spiritual lives. However, a tree that is never planted will never grow. James said yes to Jesus. He repented of his actions and he made a commitment to walk on the path of love. The staff members, were well aware of the struggles that would be facing James upon his return to Brooklyn and did their best to prepare him. James packed all of his belongings into a large black garbage bag and boarded the bus armed with his new faith. 
His brother would be returning to the same foster family, but James would be moving on to a new family. The camp staff take several specific steps to prepare children emotionally to transitions from camp back to the city, but only the grace of God can keep a, ch a child in these kinds of situations. As James got off the bus in Brooklyn and said goodbye to his brother, a very tall, intimidating woman approached the bus. Where is James, she asked. I heard he's a real troublemaker. Hyacinth Stevens, this camp Deer Park program director, replied that she must have the wrong person because the James we knew was a sweet and loving boy. The woman went, out, went on to explain, my husband and I don't play any games, so they give us all of the bad kids. As a skinny 10-year-old was dragging his large bag away, he looked back at Hyacinth and said, I'm going to remember everything I learned at camp. I'm going to remember, and I'm going to come back next year. The camp staff tried to keep in touch with James throughout the year, but the foster care system made it very difficult. We honestly don't know if the story has a happy ending. Please pray for James and the many others like him who pass through Camp Deer Park every year. Hi, I'm Sandra Flores-Reyes. I'm a junior English education major, and I spent my summer at YMCA Camp Everhart in Three Rivers, Michigan. Now, my camp is a little different than the other ones up here for two reasons. One is that it, though it was a YMCA camp, it wasn't really religiously affiliated. And two was they have a program there that not many other camps do. It's called the Raggers Program. So the Raggers program is a goal-setting program that you can start when you're 12 and continue on up even if you become a counselor. So I decided to be a part of this program since it was my first year at camp. And there are seven stages to the program. You start with your first rag, which is blue, and then you move up in colors. So I decided to get my blue rag this summer. And my goal was that I was going to try something new that I had never done before and try to be the best at it that I could be. So I should mention that I don't particularly like guns, but this summer I was put in the riflery program. So I learned how to shoot a 22 rifle and I also learned how to shoot a bow and arrow. And then I taught it to kids for the entire time that I was there at camp. So this was something I had never done before, and it turns out I'm actually pretty good at it. So I got to teach kids how to shoot things. <laughs> um, and it was you know, something, like I said, something new I had never done before, so that's what I got um, my blue rag for. Now, while you're doing your rag program, you have a counselor, and that's the person who you talk to about what you want your goal to be. Um, you get to know them more as a person, and a fellow counselor in my cabin was my uh, raggers counselor. So after I had gotten my rag, there was a little ceremony where I invited some of the other counselors to be there. They all said some really nice and mushy things about me. And then afterwards, I could be a counselor to any of the campers who wanted to get their blue rags. So of course, the next day, I had three campers come up and ask me to be their raggers counselor. And I will admit that I cried quite a bit. Um, because I had never experienced this before and I was so excited to get to meet these campers in a new way. Not just because this was my first time at this camp, but because this was my first time doing anything like this program. So I felt that this was the highlight of my experience at camp 
and that it was a great new experience for me, and I can't wait to go back next summer. Message free. 
Hi, I'm Levi Glick, and I was at Drift Creek Camp this past summer. I was a counselor, which was a new experience for me. I hadn't been a counselor at a camp before. Um, it was a refreshing experience overall, I would say. Right here is the map of the camp, and as you can see, it's kind of a unique feature where the creek runs in a loop around the camp. So it's a very sheltered experience. Um, and to the right, you can see the swimming hole, which I'll be talking about mainly. So one can tell when campers arrive that they're excited to be at camp. And this manifests itself in various ways throughout the week. Um, campers are encouraging to one another. They want to participate and they want others to join them. And there's an emphasis at camp that camp is for the campers, and this seems to be a recurring thing through each year. I want to talk about the fourth grade, um, third and fourth grade week, because this week a group of boys um, in a boys' cabin, they, they went to convince, they took it upon themselves to convince everyone else to go polar bearing. Not sure if everyone knows what pole bearing is, but the idea is you wake up, you get your swimming suit on, you go to the creek, and you hop into the frigid cold water, <laughs> which isn't a task, isn't an activity that is easily, um, you can't convince people. It's really hard to. <laughs> but these boys took it upon themselves to convince everyone in the camp to go. They had a with what they called the Declaration of Swim Dependence. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but they had everybody sign it, staff and counselors including. And the rule at camp was, is if every camper went in a single cabin, the counselors of that cabin would have to go pull bearing. So there was some competition. Um, and at the end of the week, if, if you went every single day, you'd get a piece of candy. So there was that motivation as well. <laughs> um, so as the week progressed, more and more campers and staff signed the petition. And at the end of the week, everybody went polar bearing, <laughs> which was cool to see. Um, it doesn't happen often. So every counselor went at least once during that summer. They went polar bearing. Um, so camp offers a unique experience to not only help campers grow in their, in their faith, in their just as a person, um, but it offers a unique experience to where counselors can grow as well as people. This last song that we're gonna do, I'm gonna invite Levi Glick to please lead the motions. <laughs> and I invite everyone to And if up. anyone else wants to come up here and lead motions too, they may. The motions are great. You're going to love them. And if you would please stand. Prison doors as the 
out to spring. I'm gonna rip a vibe going out of me. Spring out the world. One more time. I got a river of life going out of me. Makes the lane to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I got a river of life going out of me. Spring up a tight up here everybody hey great job I want to give these guys one more round of applause they did a great job my name is Dave Kendall I'm the coordinator of career networks and you probably would like to know how to get involved with the uh, summer inquiry programs and I'm here to tell you how to do that I want to give you a brief history because we are running low on time. Uh, the summer inquiry programs used to be housed in campus ministries, and this year they've transitioned over into my neck of the woods, which is the career networks. And so I'm going to give you uh, a brief, a really brief uh, overview of the program. And you should know that there are three, way, three different camps uh, inquiry programs that you can be involved with. One is ministry. Second is camping, and the third is service. It's a 10 to 11 week vocational experience where you'll develop leadership skills, establish a network of friends and connections. I'm sure these guys can tell you that you meet a lot of really cool people and it broadens your network. Deepens and challenges your own faith. You get a summer stipend of between $500 and $1,000 to work with. And you get a part of your tuition gets paid through this program too. So about $1,500, uh, between $1,500 and $2,000 goes towards your tuition for the following year. Each program takes only five to eight students. Uh, each, yeah, so you want to make sure that you, if you're interested, you act on this quickly. The early bird deadline is December 1st, 2018. The regular deadline is January 31st, 2019, I should say. Did it say 18? That should say 19, not last year. Uh, if you have questions, you can contact me. Again, my name is Dave Kendall. I'm the coordinator of Career Networks. Here's an important note. If you're leaving during spring semester for SST, please apply early so that an interview can be scheduled for you, all right? And if, if you want, you can write down that uh, address or take a picture of it so that you know where to go, but that is the link to get more information to actually apply for the program. You guys have been great. Thank you so much. Have a great day.